0: Amen. And let's open our Bibles, please. The Book of Hebrews, chapter twelve. Hebrews, chapter twelve. We're going to begin reading in verse one, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, preparing ourselves spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Um, I always say, if if you know what to expect, it's a big part of winning the battle. So if you are prepared, you know biblically what is to come, then you're already uh, mentally and emotionally stable. You will not be shocked. You will not be surprised. So what we want to talk about tonight is the contradiction of uh, sinners against Christ, and then also Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we want to talk about contradiction tonight, and, uh, in the right way. So there is no contradictions in the Word of God, but sin will contradict Christ. So let's think about that. Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, look at verse 3, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied. And faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which have corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father? of spirits and live so look back at verse 3 for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds let's pray father we pray that you'd bless the study help us to understand the power of considering christ the strength that comes from considering christ And especially as this truth is concerned in the text tonight, considering the contradiction of sinners against Christ, help us to understand thy great love, thy plan that uh, suffering precedes glory. Help us to endure hardness as good soldiers of uh, Jesus Christ. We pray that we'd understand this principle, be mentally, spiritually prepared uh, for the contradictions of life as it pertains to Christ and the world and Christ and sin. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about tonight contradicting ourself in the sense that when we come to Christ, what, become, what used to be natural... Uh, no longer exist, no longer is the right thing to do, because the Bible says that Christ was contradicted. He who knew no sin became sin. Think of what Jesus Christ endured for us. And then the Bible tells us, and a lot of people don't like this, and it's not popular in modern day Christianity, that the servant is not greater than the lord if if the master he endured these things so must we so if christ endured contradiction against himself then when we come to christ we are saved now we are indwelt by the spirit our body is the temple of the holy ghost there are going to be things that used to be natural and what came naturally, we need to understand uh, there's going to be some contradictions. Of the things that I used to do and come naturally, it will no longer be the Christ-like thing to do. So a lot of times we have a misconception about what life is and Christianity. And so let's prepare ourselves with these precepts, and that simply means the doctrines that go before that we learn, and now we build upon that. So Christ is the one foundation which has been laid. We are to take heed how we build thereon, and then we line upon line, precept upon precept. So there's no way that Christ can be in you without the contradiction of the sinners and the sin and of the world. So just as Christ was contradicted, he who knew no sin became sin. Now Christ in you, the hope of glory. These things are going to be revealed in our life. That's why it's a struggle. It's a battle. It's a test, and we are to endure hardness because um, we're going to get contradicted. Uh, You know, I've said this many times, but uh, I can just go through the list. When I got saved, um, I thought I was doing pretty good, and then God says, I want more of your time. I said, my time, my time is mine. Uh, and then after a while, he said, I want your food. I want, I want to control what you eat and what you drink. And then uh, got involved in that. And then after a while, he said, no, that, I want to control how much you sleep. Uh, I, want to, I want to have a say in that. And then it just went on. And now I, he said, I want to control what music you listen to. And then after a while, was, I want to control what you think about. And then more and more you realize that these things that came natural to a natural man and the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are spiritually discerned once Christ is in you the hope of glory because sin was contradicted against Christ now the things that used to come natural we saw nothing wrong with it, it was just the way of life these things are uh, Something different's going to happen. God's going to take over. So it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if you think about it, um, selfish lust, what are we to do? Die to self. Um, all me? No. John the Baptist said, he must increase. I must decrease. So all these things, when we, and see, a lot of people don't like this. They want Christ, but nothing to change. They want to come to Christ, have eternal life, but the same principles or laws are governing their life. But the reality is, and we read it, if Christ suffered contradiction of sinners against himself, we are to consider these things and I fully believe that one of the main reasons Christians are so weak, and it, and it mentions this here, lest ye faint, you grow weary and you faint, and you um, lack the fortitude and the power to live the resurrected life. One of the main reasons is we consider ourself before Christ. We consider what life was like, before. So Paul said this one thing I do. What did he say? Forgetting the past. The one thing we're supposed to do, forgetting the pre- the past, pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So most people, sad to say, professing believers are unwilling to suffer this uh, contradiction. And I think i, I Used this quite a few times through the years, but we had a friend. He he was a uh, he was a uh, casual Catholic, but they really pushed him to take Lent very seriously. So his sacrifice for Lent was he really suffering. He gave up uh, Wrigley's spearmint gum. Man, he was suffering, and he said, "Well, this." This is my big sacrifice. And then I found out he was addicted to juicy fruit. <laughs> so he, he, did, he sacrificed Wrigley, uh, the spearmint boy, but he loved that, that juicy fruit. But he, he wasn't willing to, to contradict himself to g- the, the, the very nature of the character of sinners contradicts Jesus Christ. So we are called out of this world into the invisible kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. It is not in meat and drink. It is in joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And this will bring in the kingdom of heaven, uh, the literal rule and reign of Christ on the earth during the millennial uh, reign of Christ after The battle of Armageddon and the second coming. So Christ, this contradiction, the Holy One of Israel, who cannot be in the presence of sin, who tempteth no man to sin, um, who cannot be tempted to sin, the holy, sinless Son of God was what? The author and the finisher of our faith. So what does that mean? We as followers of Christ, the servant is not greater than the master. Now, Christ in you. The very same things that happen to Christ will happen to the child of God. We have to know this. We have to understand it. We have to accept it. And so, I've said it many times. uh, I wouldn't have done it that way. That That wasn't my best choice. I'm sure many of you could say that right now. Some things are happening in your life. Uh, if I had a choice, I wouldn't want this to happen. But God's in control. He's sovereign. He's providential. There's a reason why these things are happening. And so another way to look at this is that in the world, humanly speaking, the things which are natural and logical, rational, in a chronological order sequence of events in the wisdom of this world. This is not logical in God's kingdom. Everything that was logical in the old way in our life in the old man now has become illogical when it comes to Christ and the way of Christ the word of God the kingdom of God because it is the exact opposite of the nature and the character of the world and the children of Belial and uh, the children of the wicked one and the children of disobedience. So this word contradiction, it means to dispute and refuse. And it's the opposite nature. And so what it really means is That it has no part, it has no place. Light, dark, bitter, sweet. Isn't it amazing how uh, the world—they can't handle the truth. So now they want bitter, sweet, dark chocolate. They want uh, white chocolate. Boy, it doesn't exist. It's a man-made concoction. They they can't handle the truth. And so it says in Isaiah that when wickedness comes to the full, everything is upside down or everything is backwards. So now they're calling good evil, evil good. Light darkness, darkness light. Bitter sweet, sweet bitter. These things are right before us in the last of the last days. But you have a contradiction because we are to put a difference between the clean and the unclean. Put a difference between the good and the evil. And so this is the power of uh, Dr. Ruckman called it, the power of negative thinking. Most people have the power of positive thinking. And I remember like Ziggy Ziegler and those people. And who, who wrote the book on how to win friends and influence people? It was the worldly sales pitch type of guy who tried to get rich through politics and uh, fitting into the world system. But biblically, what used to be natural is unnatural now. What used to be normal is going to be a contradiction. And so if we have our mind right, and we let God be God. We sing the psalm, My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. I just have to trust Him. I don't understand it. I, don't, I wouldn't have done it that way. Uh, suffering, uh, like they, the old preachers used to say, these are not the crown-wearing days. These are the cross-bearing days. Suffering precedes glory. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Uh, I, Thou art the potter, I am the clay. So his ways, not our ways, his thoughts, far above our thoughts. And we need to understand this, the illogical Christ. So let's turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and... The world is become expert at making excuses. And so if we look at Luke 9, and we look at these great truths and the test of discipleship, most people fail miserably because they don't want a self-contradiction. They don't want to be contradicted. They want things to go on as they did in the status quo. So look at verse 57, Luke chapter 9. It says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, "Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest." And Jesus said unto him, "Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. So, he makes this bold claim. I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, what did Jesus say? Did he say, sure, come on, follow me? No, he did not. He told the truth. He said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. What does he basically... Saying, he's given him the truth that are you willing to suffer to follow me where I don't even have a place to lay my head. He came into his own, his own received him not. And this is totally opposite of what most churches preach, most soul winners when they draw the net preaching the gospel. Uh, Jesus actually said no you can't prove to me you'll follow me don't boast about it don't say you're going to do it it's going to be hard it's not going to be easy and you're going to have to contradict everything you've been taught your education your upbringing your family history all of these types of things your own thoughts your own ways rationale and logic does not matter anymore why because so many people say they'll follow I have decided to follow really you can't even follow him five minutes down the road to church Uh, he didn't even have a place to lay his head so let's continue reading here look at verse 59 and he said unto another follow me but he said Lord Suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Now what would, what would we think is the logical, loving, kind, positive answer? That we would think it's rational. God would understand this and God would expect it your father just passed away, sure. Go make preparations, have the funeral, bury your father, then come follow me, right? That's the logical thing, rational. You would think most people would understand that. No, he didn't say that. He said, let the dead bury the dead. He said, you follow me... and In Christ, once again in John 2, he did not commit himself unto men because he knew what was in all men. They knew what to say, but as soon as their faith was tested, they, they had this excuse. Um, uh, you know, we ought to start writing down all the excuses in Soul Winning and, and write a book. A big one is, uh, I'm doing the dishes. I'm cooking. Um, what, what's another one? I'm washing clothes. Yeah. Now, let the dead wash the clothes. Follow Christ. Let the... And, and uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. When my... Um, Ezekiel, I think it's in chapter 8. He said, my wife died. And what did he do? He said, I went and preached. I went and preached. Now... It's all about timing. I remember when my mother passed away. And I think my wife you, and my doc, they were there in the hospital room when it happened. We get the call between Sunday school and church. You know, my my dad says the Lord just took your mother. You know, what did I do? I remember this verse. I'm just going to preach. What could I do anyway? I'm going to preach. Let the dead bury the dead and then remember when uh, remember brother Powell were soul winning and uh, my nephew called and said it looks like dad's gone I said well what can I do let's finish this this little group of apartments right here I, I, I understood this from a long time ago most people say things but they're not willing to contradict the rational and logical thing what would be rational Oh, we understand. You need to go take care of that. Christ didn't say that. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. Now, he wasn't lacking compassion. He was basically teaching the the truth that in priorities, there's something greater than the logic and rationale of humanity and the ways of this world. And it's going to contradict It will contradict sometimes your own marriage your family raising of your children sometimes your place of employment sometimes your friends sometimes finances sometimes physical injuries or sickness or disease or ailments or accidents or tragedies why did this have to happen now And remember, the more you know about God, the more tested your faith will become. Because the more you realize God can do anything, all he has to do is speak the word. He spoke something from nothing by the power of his word. And if God can do anything, why hasn't he done it? There's a reason. The just will live by faith. We don't lean under our own understanding so he was saying i come first and if i come first i am the lord and now i am in you christ is in you the hope of glory this same irrational illogical way of the nature's contradicting it's going to happen to us so that's why he said, ye cannot be my disciple. Isn't that amazing? It would be like some you're, you're uh, taking job applications. You're looking at their credentials, their experience. And then you're listening to what they say. But you know what they really are. And then you say, uh, thank you for coming today. Uh, but this position is not for you. Thank you for coming today, but this position is not for you. You cannot be my disciple. Why? He knew what was in all men. So let's keep reading this. Look at verse 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but, but let me first go bid them farewell, Richard, home at my house. That seems rational, right? Let me tell my, if I'm going to go, let me just tell my family by. It seems very rational. What did Jesus say in verse 62? And Jesus said unto him, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So God meant what he said, said what he meant. If you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not in the kingdom you're not fit for the kingdom why you one thing I do forgetting the past pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus there's an so there's there's another one where the guy said uh, I just got married or let me go home uh, and and uh, I, I saw a cartoon one time it was uh, Robin Hood and his married men, not married men, married men. I'll, I'll go help you, Robin Hood, but I have to go help my wife fix the leaky faucet. I'll help you, Robin Hood, but uh, my honeydews, my wife has this long list of honeydews, and I got to take care of some things first. Uh, no, remember the guy who said I bought, I got a, a, a yoke of oxen. I need to go home and prove it it's just an excuse. I will do it just not now. I will do it when I'm ready. I will sell out for Christ when things are more logical and rational as I see them. So all throughout The word of God and the the earthly ministry of Christ. Remember what even Joshua told Israel. He said, you cannot serve the Lord. It's what it's amazing verse. You know, all these people are looking for somebody. You can do it. And, you know, we all try to encourage you. Sure. We can all do this. You know what they're saying? You can't do this. You don't qualify to do this. Get qualified and you can do it. So. Too many people are saying one thing doing something else. Now, when we understand this contradiction and the illogical Christ, it's all in the Bible. He said, if you want to be first, what do you have to be? Last. He said, if you're last, you're going to be first. If you want to be great, you got to be the least. If you want to be the master you have to be the servant. Everything is a contradiction in the the way that this world is operated. Why? Because Satan is the god of this world. If you want to get something, you have to give. If you have to give something, you have to get something. If you want to serve others, you have to be served. If you want to be served, you have to serve others. If you want joy and happiness, you have to suffer. That's not the ways of the world. If you want power and strength, you have to be weak. So the illogical Christ, as the world sees it, He said, follow me. You know, this is hard for us to uh, really imagine, but you read the, the first of the earthly ministry of Christ. He's walking along the, the seashore of Galilee. He sees the fisherman, and he all he says is two words, follow me. They drop their net. It's hard to imagine. They leave their boats, their whole source of income. They leave their career. They leave their family and just follow Christ. Not a one of them said, but wait, Lord, I have to go dock my boat. But wait, Lord, I have to... Put my net. No. Didn't say that. They just followed Christ. So. Easier said than done. Right. Easier said than done. So. He is the one. To deser- That deserves. All glory. You know. When we think about this. He. He. He keeps our body alive. He makes the involuntary muscles work and the systems of our body he makes how do our eyes work how do our ears hear how does our cardiovascular system work how does our uh, nervous system work our digestive system all these systems of the body that God in his mercy and uh, grace and for his glory made us keeps us alive and that's what it said down there at at the end of our text in hebrews 12 shall we not be in subjection to the father of spirits and live shall we not subject ourselves to him that when it's not fair we'll still do the right thing when life has dealt us a cruel blow we'll just keep going for god when things don't make sense it's not rational logic this doesn't make any sense to me what's happening to me we just trust god and we keep on going but how many people they they justify turning back with a piddly excuse but it may be rational logical to the world it's not rational and logical to god He said, let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. So, human rationale. We can make excuses. We can justify disobedience. We can make it logical. Everybody else is doing it. If it feels right, how can it be wrong? These sorts of things. But... You know, this verse, I I quoted it earlier, but Joshua said it in Joshua 24, 19. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord. Ye cannot serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sin. And then he said, "In let's look at Luke Fourteen, Luke chapter 14. And look at verse 25. Well, you don't hear sermons like this. And there went great multitudes with him. Great. You know how many thousands of people are following Christ? And uh, he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife, children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know, most people that in the new modern version, it's uh, just follow me. Everybody can be my disciple. Just follow me. It's so easy. Just follow me. He didn't say that. He he gave stipulation, and they aren't rational. They're not a justified human excuse like we would make. I'm tired. You know, I need to catch up on my sleep. Yeah. You know, things like that. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know how hard this is on me at this time in my life. These types of things. Nobody knows what it's like. Yes, we do. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. We're all in this together. So if we, in conclusion, and this is just an overview tonight, but in conclusion, think about this. If we are mentally prepared emotionally prepared, we are spiritually indoctrinated, life is not going to be logical. Life is not going to be necessarily rational. It may not make any sense. It may not be fair. It, It may not seem to be just and equitable. And there is no excuse to justify not following Christ. You know, if, if you take those verses literally, he said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Now, and I'm not telling you to pluck your eye out. Jesus said, you're better off entering into heaven or glory with one eye than going to hell with two eyes. Whatever is in your life that offends you, Of the contradictions of following Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory, a believer in Christ, get rid of it. It's not worth it. Um, And we see so many people hanging on to vanity. And so what, what did the old missionary say? He said, I'd rather get rid of that which I cannot keep. Then try to keep that, which I never owned in the beginning. We brought nothing into this world. It is certain we shall take nothing with us. And if we're going to be strong, what does it say? And faint not. Consider him who suffered such contradiction of sinners against himself. All right, let's stand. There's going to be a short uh children's church meeting if you're involved in that ministry we'd ask you to stay won't keep you long let's pray for those who are sick pray for a quick recovery pray for our visitors